What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of Geeking Out Over Star Wars, Star Wars, where we do just that. Me and Zach geek out over Star Wars. Um, it's been a little bit since we recorded our last show, but we are here, as promised, to talk about Shadow of the Sith, as you can see, and of course, in the title. And um, yeah, very excited to talk about it. Zach, how are you doing? What is going on? I am very tired as are you as we were talking yes. about before the show but i will say i am like fueled up and ready to talk shadow of the sith because this is an overdue conversation because we just mm-hmm. took so long to get through it so i'm really excited to dive into uh this book which is it's going to take us a while because it's a pretty big book so i'm actually pretty ready to dive in whenever you are yeah yeah it is um so yeah i'm ready to dive right in as well uh so this, is, so this is going to be an interesting discussion. It seems like we have different perspectives on this on this book, which I'm excited to kind of jump into. Um, so so I'm going to be very honest. Actually, I really enjoyed the start of this book. Um, it starts and, you know, it throws you into. All right. These are Ray's parents. Um, which I kind of feel like we can start right there. So how do you feel about how it starts out with just introducing you to Ray's parents? It gives you their name. Um, it tells, shows you they're on the run. Um, how, how did you feel about that as an introduction? I think it was the perfect introduction because it's some of the biggest elements and some of the biggest introductions since the rise of Skywalker and that we got in that movie. So it was almost important to throw us in with these characters that are supposed to be the beating heart of the whole story. Um, and, and so I, I was, I, I was actually very happy with, um, with how it started as well. Um, the on the run stuff, I thought it drags a little bit in terms of the on the run, like the, the first few chapters, it, it took a little mm-hmm. while and for, and I get that they're Adam Christopher does like this, this sometimes great, but I feel sometimes slog, down kind of over explaining everything mm-hmm. in his writing yeah. uh, so i think that the first few chapters suffered with that for dathan and miramir but all through the book i actually really liked the stuff that we got um which was also important to filling in the gaps for ray and rise of skywalker so i was i was happy and i did like dathan and miramir as characters though i still don't think we saw enough of them so i um This was one of my so I did like them as characters as well. And I actually very much like the beginning of the book as well. It throws you right in to them on the run, their their conflict. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I was like, okay, so where is this adventure going to go? Now, I think one of my and we're going to get into the issue, the issue, some of the issues that I had, uh, because I'll be totally honest, I didn't I didn't love the book. But um, they're 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 running. And by the way, spoiler alert, of course, you know, with with all of our books, they're running the whole book. Um, They're running the whole book. And there is there isn't really much else. um, There isn't really much else to it. I mean, it gets. It gets a little more interesting much later when I guess Lando and. And the crew get involved and try to help them. Um, but there isn't really they they like they don't 
really do much else, which I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe my expectations were too high. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. I was the I think the most interesting part about them was Dathan's backstory, um, which also had me had me drawn in completely. I kind of wish a little bit more time was spent on that, but but oh, it was yeah, but that was. I think that was one of the issues I had just with that storyline. Um, I just thought there—I don't know—I thought there there could have been more there, like you said. Like we—I don't really even get to like know them, except just through their interactions with each other. Yeah, well, and, that's—I the, mean, it's very limited. Yeah. It's very limited yeah. because because they're on the run the whole time. We get—we don't get to see. We know their future is already set in stone. Right. So unfortunately, we have this thing in our head where we don't even get to see what they're going to be like in the future because we know that they die. Mm -hmm. And then we the only thing we get of their past is that one chapter, because the book has those chapters that go back to the past from the characters. And it's them on Hypercarn um, when, you know, they're they've already met. They've fallen in love. um, And what upsets me, not upsets me a little bit, what I wish is that we saw more of Mirror Mirror. Because we got most mm-hmm. of the chapters that are the, of the family in Dathan from Dathan's perspective, which is great. And like you said, we you know the stuff with him being you know the 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 strain cast of of Palpatine that's really mm-hmm. interesting and that's really needed also in terms of like opening up the lore, right? Because yes. one of the biggest things that Rise of Skywalker did was it introduced so many new elements. As opposed to being like, uh, unfortunately, I what we were opposed to when it happened, instead of being like it was built off the first two movies, it felt like they threw in a bunch of new elements that we had to get used to and didn't feel like it just flowed at all. It felt like dissonant from the rest of the trilogy. So one of the biggest things is, yeah, exploring Dathan's you know, history and how Palpatine could even have, you know, quote unquote, a child and a grandchild. Yes. So... Dathan's backstory as a strength cast definitely interesting and the small stuff we got like at the beginning in the then chapters with him on Exegol and everything that was awesome that was great yes. in terms of mirror mirror and building her up as a character and making her fully realized we barely got to see anything except for knowing that you know Hypercron was her home world and her grandmother was there and they didn't want to bring trouble there that was it yeah. and then I we saw I her would've... love for her Ray that was we saw her love for Ray which yes. was evident and a huge part of her character which was great but I still think I wanted more yeah that that's true and I agree I, I, I honestly I would have preferred more time uh, either with them and honestly I'm not the biggest flashback person but I mean I would have been okay with more flashbacks uh, for them yeah. just to kind of just because I mean, Ray is the main character of the sequel trilogy. I would love to know more about, about her uh, parents, and it's such an interesting lineage, you know. So I would have, I would have liked to have had more time with that, and um, less time uh, with Ochi, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, I know yeah, that's yeah. a whole other thing. I, I didn't love, love Ochi. Okay. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get into Ochi in a second. Um, Ochi but, works best. I'm, well, I'm okay, and this is. I'm sorry. I know we're we're gonna yeah. get farther into him, and yeah. we don't have you don't have to comment on this yet. But Ochi works better as a side character, like a lot better as a side character. Hundred percent. Not not as someone whose perspective I need. So um hundred thousand percent. We'll get to that when we get into the when he's involved in the story. Yes. 
Um, so there's also Laura Saint Laura Santeca is also in this book. I love Laura Santeca in this book. I would have liked more Laura Santeca yes. as well. Yeah. Um, but Laura Santeca, uh, in the beginning of the, of the book, he uh, visits Luke on Osis, and um, we find out they that they actually have history, um, and that they search for relics and artifacts uh, with a connection uh, to the Force. Uh, and they follow the star compass, uh, and they mapped out the Jedi temples scattered around the galaxy. So we see that they were, were having adventures. I love that. Um, I love that as a detail. There were a lot of things that were just introduced in the beginning of this book that I just loved. Yeah. Um, so I very much enjoyed that. Um, and I guess quickly, what did you? What was your? What were your thoughts on Lor Santeca and Luke? Um, as a Lor Santeca is always a character I wanted to see more of since those first yes. only three minutes we had in Force Awakens, where you know. Imagine imagine casting Max von Cito for three minutes as Laura Santeca. No, right. When you like you just, it's, <laughs> it, it and I get Star Wars, especially the trilogy is always about being like bringing huge actors to do like tiny cameo roles. Um, and that happens yeah. with a lot of actors. But I, I've always wanted more of Laura Santeca. The Santecas in general, how, they're being built up in the High Republic, which we saw. Yes. Um, which is cool. Uh, but to see to tie it all together to know how he knows luke at the beginning of force awakens to, to what the two really meant to each other and to show you know one of the biggest parts about after um after return of the jedi that we want to know about is like how did luke amass all the knowledge right like we know th- we see through the current comic runs and how he visits other places and he gets but like how does he really once he's defeated the empire and he's rebuilding and he's dedicated himself to rebuilding the jedi order what does he do? How does he find these places? Who does he work with? And so I love this little this little beat we got, this little story detail. Yes. Yeah, I, I just I thought it was so cool. And I just like Laura Santeca as a character and seeing his relationship with Luke, which is basically what I would have hoped everything that I would have hoped that it would be, basically. Um so that was, and I just thought it was just really fun. Um, so that was really nice. Now, we also are introduced to Ochi, um, along with Dio, who's actually in, in episode nine, um, who I really enjoyed in episode nine. It was just very, it was just, just kind of sad. And, yes, I love Dio. Um, but, but it's actually, I don't know, it's just kind of sad in this book. He's just, he's just abused by Ochi. Basically, every time they're in the same him. chapter, they always make a mention of Ochi tries to punch him. Ochi tries to throw him. Yeah. Ochi tries to. And you're like, geez, man, like this like, poor right. droid like that. It works <laughs> like that works. And showing how horrible and disgusting Ochi is 100 percent works because Dio is just yeah. such a such a cute little droid. So so and so. OK, so I'm not going to go on a big rant about Ochi. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to I don't want to rant about Ochi, but. But so so I read so okay so I didn't get through actually did I get well I, I don't remember exactly because I was reading the Darth Vader comic I remember Ochi from the Darth Vader comic yes I remember liking Ochi much 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 more in the Darth Vader comic um, than I did in this book and he wasn't I mean he's I guess he honestly was he this like I mean he was annoying in the Darth Vader comic. <laughs> <laughs> or he was supposed to be annoying in the dark, and he was he's written supposed to, like he's supposed to be annoying, and he's, I like that. I don't yeah, mind he that. He was always the slimy, 
kind yeah. of the slimy, not quite comedic, but slimy, sometimes right. comedy, play off the bad guy type of character. Yeah. That was him. That now, was like that's why his friend, his adventures with Darth Vader worked so well. Yes. Now in this book, and so, so I don't want to. <laughs> so it's so it's it's a mix. Okay, so it's a mix of he's he's much more like rip your hair out, like hateable, irritating in this book, which that, that may be like on purpose, obviously, because he's the bad guy. But and but it's it's kind of I think he, I think it's it's hurt for me a little bit because he's very much a side character invader and there isn't any kind of like there's no inkling of like oh yeah he was he could be like a main kind of villain one day in some kind of story it's like no he's not like he's not a he's not like a main villain kind of character you know i never saw him that way and but i feel like this even this version of him is even less of like a main villain caliber because he's I'm gonna be honest. He he's portrayed as being kind of washed up, which I think is on purpose as well. For sure. And the and the voice, I, and you listen to the audiobook as well. Yeah, right? the voice that the narrator does. The is, voice is just like this guy is it, the most obnoxious. It's so grating. His voice is so grating. It's the most obnoxious, and it and it doesn't help. But and what's sad is like it's very grating, and it's it's obnoxious, but it's supposed to be obnoxious. Because he's written as being completely obnoxious. And it's like, I don't. I just I hated Ochi so much. I hated him so much. I was hoping that. That it wouldn't just like or primarily be him because he was like the he, he was the main antagonist. And especially towards the end, I would say. And it just was not. It, Ochi, Ochi didn't work for me. I'm gonna be honest. Ochi did not work for me uh, in this book at all. Um, it, it was at first I was like, okay, let's see, you know, kind of where this goes. I mean, his voice is 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 kind of ridiculous, but I, but I, but it was it was more funny to me than anything else. By the end, I'm just like, oh my god, oh goodness. Mm, yeah, no, I didn't like That's Ochi cool. at all. Shout out to. Um... To uh, William Demerit, who did the yes. uh, who did the narration for the audiobook, yes. which, by the way, was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like he I think he's like job. he's he oh one hundred percent. I think he nails the voices. Him, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he nailed Lando, nailed the voices, yes. and nailed making Ochi grating because I think that was the purpose. Yes. I think he's so yep. washed up, so consumed um, by just try- after his you know it, after all of his quests in the Darth Vader comic, having his eyes like mm-hmm. burned out. Um, and that's what he wants, right? Like he wants his entire, his entire motivation here is to try to find a way to Exegol to heal, right? To be born anew, um, right. uh, to, to, to just to heal, to heal. And so he has this singular mission and he gets worse and worse. He's washed up. Um, he has this inflated ego. I'm the best. Ochi of Bestune. Literally is Ochi how it was said. Ochi of Bestune. Oh my God. Ochi of Bestune. Oh my God. I wanted to... And he's entirely like that's his whole character. And in a way, like that's a specific archetype, right? Where somebody who runs himself into the ground, he's washed up. He still thinks he's mm-hmm. better than he is. And that's why at the end, spoiler alert, the way he dies is so anticlimactic, which is actually something I liked. 
right? If felt dance, I like will get to the end. But the way he dies yeah. kind of does fit with the character for sure. Um, I I, I think mm-hmm. also it was it, maybe the way the character was written to, was to show the the um the control of the Sith dagger on his mind combined with his like deteriorating right. mindset to begin with. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, did like. I didn't mind. Yeah. The the beginning though in his introduction right because because this is all really like the setting up all the characters part the introduction I did like though is that we get the, all the connections with the rest of the canon right so we get the talking yes. about Darth Vader we get the um, we get that we get about his trip right because it was during his trip with Darth Vader that he learned of the Sith Eternal he learned about the yep. large fleet of story star destroyers being built he learned about. Um, the Death Star with energy from a Kyber Crystal Mountain, like each of mm-hmm. each of the Star Destroyers having the power, and then they keep talking. You know, they talk about Kira from the Crimson Rain um, event series, and and that everything, um, which is where she showed up after Solo and and Charles Soul and everybody there. And so it was just cool to see all of those canon connections come together into something that is very important to the new trilogy and tying it all together. So I really I did like the. As much as I hated Ochi, um, I did like his introduction chapter, though I did struggle with like every other Ochi chapter following this. Yeah, his introduction chapter. Yeah, there's a lot. I was I was um, intrigued by that. Um, And I like that he how like he was approached by like the by the Sith Eternal. Um. Um which is like a conduit for Palpatine, which is very, very interesting. Uh, Just, it's just very, very fascinating um, that they would approach uh, Ochi just honestly in the first place. But it's just fascinating that, that Palpatine is able to like, he's just so powerful. When it, like, it seems like every single time I, there's another revelation of some new ability he has. I'm like, oh boy. This is just this is so crazy or just another kind of extension of his reach. Um, I will say, though, like, yeah, I I enjoyed I know we're like barely into the book so far, but Mm -hmm. um, I do. I do think it was so important in those earlier chapters to see the power of Palpatine because, yes, you know, you had your we were all scratching our head when somehow Palpatine has returned. Right. Poe Dameron mutters and rise of Skywalker. And you're like, geez, what? How? I've always been on the side of this is a Sith Lord. There's only two in existence at any time, right? So mm-hmm. some of the most powerful beings in the galaxy have always been the Sith, and, and he was the most powerful. He literally deceived the Jedi yes. from right under the nose. The type of guy who spent 30 years planning his rise, right? And you know would have a like a con- like a contingency plan. You it, it just it makes sense that this guy would have a when I'm dead. This is how I'm going to like, I couldn't find complete immortality, but this is how I'm going to stay alive. And, you know, I will reclaim like it makes sense, honestly, for the type of character that Palpatine is. The problem with Rise of Skywalker was that they threw it in without any explanation. I had no problem with Palpatine being alive. I had no problem with the Sith being connected. It's just there was no build up to it. Yeah, yeah, there was no build up to it. And there was. I mean, it was clear, and to it was it was clear to me that they, he was just thrown in. They're just like, okay, I, I I don't really know what else to do. Let me just throw him in. 
And it was, but it was like made to be like, oh, that was, that was, but that was the plan all along. And I'm just like, it, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And I, look, I know some people love Rise of Skywalker. And that's totally cool. I think it's great. You know, it just, just the way it was written just didn't, it just didn't, uh, it just didn't hit. And that includes I, Palpatine. I do um, think this is bittersweet because I think this book in general with regardless of our opinion mm-hmm. on it is something that we sorely needed <laughs> during the trilogy time. Absolutely. like yes. their aspects regardless <laughs> of how you felt about these aspects or these story beats would make the movies a, ho- a whole lot more palatable 100 percent. because everything like i said rise of skywalker instead of building on what in my opinion instead of building organically on force awakens and rise of uh and last jedi kind of like introduces a bunch of new things and just tells us to accept them and they don't make sense and so imagine if we had gotten this book maybe not completely right maybe leaving out some other things that would lead to ray because you want to you want to keep some mystery but imagine having some of these events or some of these teases and hints like known and being mm-hmm. like ah and then seeing the movie I'm like so that's how we did it that's how it comes together instead that movie was literally three years ago and we're now yep. first hearing about how it worked. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very, very, very long overdue. Um, there's a lot of, of useful information, good information, um, that, that just, that what a hundred percent would have enhanced my viewing experience of the rise of Skywalker. And I mean, we're so far removed that I'm, not too persu- I'm not too normally a book like this will make me want to watch the movie again, but now I'm just waiting for Andor. So I don't even <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I, kind I of like say, I'm a little flipped from that though. I actually I actually do have an inclination to go watch the trilogy again. Oh, to okay. see how oh, it, just to, just to see how it how it ties it all together. And if like if it actually makes you know if it actually changes how I view the movies or not. Because sometimes okay. a really good book will add insight into it, and you're like, "Wow, damn!" So that's how that connected to that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I am. I I think this weekend, um, I want to read the Rise of Kylo Run comic again after this, mm-hmm. and yeah. see if like because that's been it's been like a few years since that. See if that you know still flows well together with this, and then yeah. also um, watch the trilogy. I will get back to you on that. Yes, please do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm sure I, I would imagine that it, that it helps the movie flow a little better, but I, you know, it's just it's not. I know it's all Matt. It's all just feels like too little, too late. I feel you, man. I and it's hard. Late. It's hard not it to like, get. It's hard not to be just like a little dejected. All right, like, it, it's, it, like it, it's hard. And like the salt in the wound is that there. It's like it's we know they had there was no plan. There was never a plan. And it's like, oh, it's just this. It's that's just salt in the wound. It really um, is. You know, it's like, oh goodness. And, and then books like this would have would have had me so excited if I was like, oh, it was all coordinated. But you know, it wasn't. I think so. there are like some really cool elements for the future too. Like if you wanted to, I don't know, because I mean, now I hope, the I end, hope of, so. end of I honestly, I don't know. Let's let's make it through more, and then we can talk more about what I think, yeah. like where I think can come back. But uh, yeah. yeah, continue. So let's get to Lando. So Lando is in this book. Lando is is um Lando's a mixed bag, but I mostly like Lando. Um, so so Lando's daughter uh was kidnapped, which is very sad. 
Um, that's a very, very sad, uh, you know, part of this book. I, you know, I was not expecting that, I have to say. Um, I kind of figured he, you know, long lost daughter. I didn't know. All, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Lando's kind of a flirtatious guy. It's, it's, I mean, I would, I would, I could see him having a daughter out there somewhere is yep. what I'm going to say. So, um, so that's kind of just what I was expecting. I was not expecting that she was kidnapped. So that was, that was kind of a dark turn, but, but it was, it was very sad. So I was like, oh man. Uh, so his daughter, Kadara, Calrissian, who we, which he makes sure to make a note of uh, frequently in the book, um, is missing. Um, so he's searching for clues. Um, he hears about a kidnapping while he's at a bar. Um, and he decides. Um, uh, he decides basically um, that he wants to um, uh, go on a journey to to to, to uh, learn more about this. Um, um, uh, and so he could try to find his daughter and and, um, you know, find out. Um, you know, whoever find out who was kidnapped, find out what's going on. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, that was, I thought that was an interesting, um, that was kind of an interesting, uh, wrinkle there as well. Um, so well, Lando they, also crosses. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, yep. no, I wanted to say like, I, another, one of those things that we talk about at the beginning of the book, doing a good job of, of tying things together was when then he overhears the people talking about a war coming. All right, we yes. know at this point yeah. that like the central, like we see in Bloodline, that the centrist was like a front for the first order. We know yeah. things are building up. Um, we know that on Nexical, power is amassing, and so that they 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 hint at that right, like these people know that children are being abducted to be used as. We know the first order abducted children to be used as as troopers, right? Yeah. And instead of um, instead of cloning. Or instead of volunteer fighters, they were abducting the children, then training them from and brainwashing them from that yep. moment on to fight for them. So that was a nice way of tying it all together. <laughs> and I and like I think that, that as was well. The assum- I think it was the assumption oh. for Lando's daughter, at least in Rise of Skywalker, mm. they made that seem like that was the assumption. Like that's what ended up happening. I don't know. Um, but of yeah, course, he also crosses paths with Ochi, who can't stop talking about his new task to find Rey. So. Yes, yeah, so they do cross paths with Ochi. Um, and I did like that they were building that they that they hinted at that as well. I mean, they did a good job of building that story, really, even since like aftermath, um, since the aftermath trilogy. And I was that was again just another kind of to me. It's just it's hard. It, it's hard. It's hard for me to get invested in the sequel trilogy storylines. But but I just thought they were. It was it was they were built up very. They would it was done very well. In really all the books, all the sequel trilogy books, um, in terms of keeping these kind of consistent hints at, at what's what was has been going on um, behind the scenes. Um, but Lando crosses paths with Ochi. I uh, was talking about his new job, um, you know, which of course we he takes it as something that could be a hint to finding um, his daughter. Uh, so Lore, Santeca, and Luke travel to an archaeological dig. That might have Jedi artifacts. Um, so instead, they find kyber crystals that that have been bled. So, um, so that was an interesting um, that was an interesting journey as well. And Lauren Luke did, 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 doing just about anything in this book, I enjoyed. Um, 
it's Jedi stuff, man. It's more, it's yeah, like more it's of what we want. Jedi stuff. And, and I, honestly, I'll say this right now. Everything that Luke did in this book, I enjoyed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything Luke. And it just made me hunger for Luke Skywalker content. You know, and I went on several rants to my younger brother about that. While I was going through this whole book about how where's the Luke Skywalker stuff? I and not and not a visual, not the kind of not the the the, uh, you know, the face swapping deep fake. I want like an actor playing Luke. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's that's a, that's a rant. I think Luke's journey here was really good in setting him up for the person he is when we find him at the end of Force Awakens. I like we keep getting hints of like what could have gone wrong. But by mm-hmm. the end of this journey, where he's at, how he's feeling with the Force, um, what happens with the family and everything and with Ray, and, and what happens with, um, you know, the other main antagonist of this book, I think it does a really good job of setting him up for for someone who's ultimately going to meet failure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does. Um, you know, and, and with all the interaction, all the interactions that he had with, um, uh, with, uh, was her name Kira? I'm sorry. I'm forgetting her name. With, the, with uh, the Kaiser. There we go. Kaiser. Kaiser. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Um, all the interactions he had with Kaiza just made me think of Ben slash Kylo. Did you realize like, that Kaiza is was in the one of the interludes for after, in the aftermath books? No, I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Kaiza was in one of the interludes for the aftermath books where we first learned about the acolytes of the with, behind, um, beyond. Oh, so yep. so she was in one of the ones with um the other one. I forget his name. The guy that they said started started the acolytes. Yuke Tashu, yeah. Yeah, Yuke Tashu. Because I know he was yeah. he was a central part of one of those. So mm-hmm. was, was she in the same that. one? I got, Which you know, one? I, 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 you go through and I'm going to go find. Okay. I'm going to go yeah. Google searching. Yes, you, you, please you do. Keep going through the, uh. Because I know he was, he was in, he was in those two. So that would, that would be really interesting. Because when I was, re- when I, I was going through it, I was like, it made me want to listen to those interludes again. I'm like, wait a second. Some of those interludes I don't love. Some of those interludes are great. Yeah, some of them. Some of them are. I agree with you. Some of them are great. Some of them I'm like, okay. I mean, that's that's okay. That's fine. But but some of them are like, wow. You know. So, um, but yeah. Honestly, I love that they that they put that in this. I love that so much. Um, that, that I loved about this, that, 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 that they threw that in there and I didn't know she was in that. Um, but I did remember you to shoot. Uh, I knew he was in involved. So I knew it was some kind of connection, but I didn't know she was in it. That's, that's yeah, really cool. So according to our favorite Wikipedia, yes. um, first appeared as a tertiary character in the novel aftermath life debt. Um, so the second aftermath okay. novel. Um, and okay. then given a brief POV chapter in Empire's End. Um, it's actually, okay. yeah, nice. and they give a full, like, history that's here. Interesting. That's interesting, because I have to read through this, because I think that's a nice way to tie it together that I didn't realize when I was first started reading. But we haven't even yeah. gotten to Kaiza and who she is yet, so Yeah, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. That's so interesting. Um, 
All right. So so Lauren and Luke find the the Kyber crystals. So Luke uh, takes the crystals to Tython, and he uses them. Yeah. No. What do you say? I love just just seeing Tython like at all. Oh yeah. Every day. Well, yeah. Whenever Tython is is um is introduced or on screen or anything, I just like I just it's like it sends me to a, my happy place. <laughs> um, and he uses the the crystals as a way to transport, um, uh, to uh, transport. Uh, to the world that he's been having visions of, which is Exegol. Um, and okay, so we have to talk about this 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 vision with Luke and Exegol, and and then Anakin. We have to talk. We have to have a whole kind of conversation about this <laughs> because that's. I think that's. And and okay, so look. Of course, I didn't love this book. That sequence is is on my is in my pantheon of like star wars interactions star wars force interactions i was i was choked up i don't know how you felt but i was choked up uh uh going through this when i find out that's i knew it was anakin but okay but but just to go through what happened um so he is he's thrown into this to to Exegol through the force. And I'm already I'm already losing my mind when this is happening. And he is fighting these wraiths. And again, I'm just losing my mind. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cool. Everything with Luke in this book is just amazing. But he's fighting the wraiths. They're trying to kill him. He can't hit them. And he's saved by none other than Anakin Skywalker. Um and Anakin is just so troubled and concerned, which also had me had me choked up about about and just trying to warn Luke, but Luke just not really knowing what what's going on. But oh my goodness! And and then Luke is he said he's like there's so much that he would want to say, so much that and it's like, oh god, oh. A small part of me was like, I mean, but it was also like, well, I mean, you saw him in Return of the Jedi. Did you have a good conversation with him then? You know, he kind of, he kind of just showed up at the at the fire. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you probably could have had, a, you know, a decent conversation. I mean, he's there. He's, he's right there, you know, but you know, no force know. ghosts only show up when, you know, <laughs> massive moments but, and then leave. Yeah, and then they just, I don't know how long he was there, but, you know, he seemed to be, he seemed pretty comfortable. But, um, but yeah, oh my god. So Zach, what was what 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 was your reaction to this just as a whole? So as I was this is one of the parts of the book I was listening to and it happens really early yeah. on. This must be the first it third does. of the book still. And yeah. as it's happening I'm like, "Holy crap. Holy crap. Wait." And and when he goes and he's on X goal and he's on the Wraith and he he sees someone like flying and he sees like a lightsaber or whatever flying. I can't remember yeah. exactly. And I'm going, wait, who is that? Right. Like, yeah, who could yeah. it possibly be? Mm-hmm. And and then he, you know, and then it's revealed to be Anakin. And I have a problem with the way the book was written a lot so that every every surprise kind of like you were supposed to try to figure out who it was. He kind of wrote in like he this person, their presence, like like a lot of the time in each of the books, it was building yeah. up to whoever it was in each of the chapters. And I didn't love that for a lot of the time, but this one it works, right? Because it builds up to then Anakin freaking Skywalker, Luke's yeah. dad, as a young man, 
long hair he talks about and everything. So same yeah. as the Force Ghost we see at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, I think it's a fantastic yeah. moment. I think it's great. I have a problem with the fallout of the moment, though. Because... Oh, you do? It's never touched upon again. Like, this is the only confirmation we have that he has communed with his father at all since Return of the Jedi. This is the only confirmation we have. And he does not muse on it once the rest of the rest of the book. Right. Like this is pretty big. Your father who you, you know, fought multiple times, turned from the dark side at the last possible second. You know, this massive, you know, presence in your life and who was first evil and then all the things like it's associated with. Fantastic moment. Everything he says to him right after, fantastic. The heart-to-heart they have real quick is Anakin used too much power. So what does that mean, by the way? I'm also very curious. Like, did he fizzle out for just that moment? It was like he lost the energy to transmit himself. It was very confused. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's strange. But then afterward, he doesn't think about it at all. Right? Like, there's no musing on, I saw my father. There's no musing on And, like, there's obviously other events happening. But even by the end of the book, when he's musing, he's got time to sit around for a bit and take a breather and there's still nothing like will i ever see my father again just something like that i think would have made it impactful because it honestly felt like in the grand scheme of the book it happened it was this really cool moment something maybe that would have been like the biggest thing to watch on tv or in the theater by the way like this type of moment oh. would send all of us wild oh wild the tears the nerd oh tears God. We, that I oh, would have, if I saw been, something like this, oh my god. It, insane. It would have been like Obi-Wan oh, and Anakin's goodness. fight in Obi-Wan episode it, 6, but like cranked up to 27. Yeah, cranked up to like a million, of just a 5 billion percent. Like when Luke I showed just, up in The Mandalorian season 2, cranked up to a million. Insane. It's insane. It's the, it's the cameo connection, whatever you want to call it, to end all like, to end all connections. And, and if they really then, like did the thing where they like you didn't know who it was, but you knew who it was. Like you couldn't yeah, see him. Oh my god! Like a little bit and of the theme starts coming through, yes, right? The theme, like, oh my god! Once the theme hit, oh my god! I would have. I I wouldn't. I would just. I'd be a mess. <laughs> so this is one of the things I don't know if you remember. I texted you right after I listened to this part, and I went like, "This was such yes, a good moment. Like I wish oh we had god. seen this, but it feels like a moment that should have been oh. on screen." It feels like such a huge moment that should have been on screen, not necessarily to the detriment of the book. It's not that it made the book worse by like being on the, in the book. It's still really cool. It's one of the best Mm -hmm. parts of the book, but um, I just, it was after that because that's so early in the book and then there's nothing else. It's like we moved right past one of the possible most pivotal moments of the post return of the Jedi era. It's huge. It's the massive. It's the only confirmation we have of the two of them getting together. So like, I'm not angry, and I did love the moment. As I'm listening, I'm like, oh my god, this is insane. I just wish that there was some kind of, like, follow-up on it. That's it. That's my only complaint with it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I definitely understand that. Um, but boy, I was, oh my goodness, I was, I was just, yeah, I, I just, I didn't have any words. I was just like, I can't believe this book is making me feel quite this much and it did <laughs> so, so that movie hit hit me very very hard um all right so lore so through lore lando is able to find luke 
Um, and um, and I, I love that when 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 Luke is like, why would Lord just you know, tell Lando where I'm at. And then he goes, it's about the Sith. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but uh, he finds Luke on Tython and he tells him about Ochi um, and how the Sith might be back. So he tells uh, them about the family being pursued and that they need to find them. That it could be a clue to Lando's daughter's whereabouts. So this is how we kind of get, we kind of, uh, this is kind of the start of the adventure that Luke and Lando go on. Everything um, kicks into gear at this point. Yeah, everything kind of kicks into gear. We get into kind of just what the story is basically at this point. It's kind of like a almost like a three way chase um, where everyone's chasing um, race parents. Um, and um, I, do, I do just want to pause here quickly. What did you think of of Luke and Lando's journey in this book? I, this is not a this for me. I know this is not a team up that I I don't know if I've ever seen this team up. I, don't, I think this is the first time we've seen this team up. It is. Um, and um, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I loved everything with Luke. Lando Lando's story was just really sad and and it doesn't mean it's bad. But it was, but it's just, it's kind of a dark shadow kind of hanging over, over his story. So I'm like, oh boy, you know, and, and I was, you know, of course we know that he doesn't, he doesn't find her. We know he doesn't find her. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of unfortunate, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts on, on this adventure for that? So Lanzo and Luke as a pairing, I think isn't the most famous pairing in Star Wars, right? We know that's like Han and Lando are the two that have always been together in both on screen and on page. Um, I think there's, it's, I like, I kind of like, cause they allude to it in the book. Luke is like, I haven't really kept up in contact and blah, blah, blah. How they all searched obviously for Kadara at the, um, at the start when, when she was abducted. I kind of like that. There's a little bit of a, like they're obviously friends. But there's a little bit of like a disconnect, like they're not the greatest of friends. And I think that goes back to even in Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. They didn't know each other. They He wasn't on Cloud City with them. And then, you know, they go on their separate ways at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Um, and a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff happens where they have adventures, but they never felt like the two closest members of that whole band of rebels. Um, they're kind of just always right. seem to be a disconnect. And I think they were partially because of two different worlds. Right, like Han and Luke of two different worlds, but that it starts right together. That friendship starts immediately at the beginning of A New Hope. You know, Lando doesn't really like have those moments until years later. And so I think they're just not as connected as friends. And I actually think that shows through in the book, in their relationship and the way they talk to each other. Like there's an easygoingness to it. Lando is older. Lando's like significantly older than Luke. Um, right? Like, like in this book, if this is about 20 years after Return of the Jedi, that makes Luke Olive in his young 40s. At Lando's in his 50s. Like, like at, you know, he's at least in his 30s in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So odds are he's like in his mid-50s. And so, like, there's an age gap there. It doesn't mean a lot, obviously, when you're adults. No, but I think there's a big difference from when they met each other. He's just the farm boy. And he says that. 
like and obviously he says it as a term of endearment but i think there's always like that that disconnect between their two statuses that just makes it they're not the greatest pairing so that's kind of how i felt like I, I i did enjoy them together and i think they did play well enough off of each other but there's also a reason that they're separated a lot of the book like yeah. if you notice luke goes off like three separate times on his own and Lando goes off three separate times. They go in different directions. So I think that was mm. on purpose. I think there was that. I think that was purposeful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think so as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I just so I think you're right about that because I did kind of get a feeling. I was like, this pairing doesn't seem like a. It didn't feel like a natural pairing. It was just kind of, I mean, they're on this adventure together, but they're very different characters. They're friends, but they're very different characters. Um, So, so. I mean, they didn't have like perfect chemistry, but I don't really think they needed to. So I don't know. It it, it, the pairing was if to me, it was more interesting than anything else. I I think it was definitely an interesting pairing for this book. um, though I did think they were both characterized well, you know, I liked how. Oh, yeah, how they definitely it felt like they were, they were them. Yeah, it did. It very much did. Um, uh, so I did enjoy that. Um, so basically Lando and Luke, uh, this that basically kind of starts their adventure. Um, so they end up speaking to the New Republic who don't really tell them who don't tell them anything. Um, but they do meet up with Shriv. Yes, um, which Best was really cool. Of Battlefront, that too. was a cool cameo. Yeah, um, and <laughs> uh, he basically tells him that someone named Dinah Dinah De Pearl. Um, I don't know uh, if I sent- read that correctly. I did not look at the. Uh, I did not look at it as I was writing this. Okay. so I apologize. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Dinah De Pearl. Um, uh, who's uh, the pilot that rescued them? Sent Dathan um, and his family to a different to Nightside. a different world. To Nightside, there we go. The Nightside, yeah, the mining ecology. Yeah, that's the NIA. Yeah. I forgot what it was. Yeah. Yes. Um. So. Um. So I did. I love the Shriv. I love the Shriv cameo. That was really cool. Honestly. Um. So Luke and Lando. Uh, go to get them. Um, now, Dathan and Miramir and Ray, um, they fall into a trap um, with the leader of the mining colony, uh, an Axamander, uh, who basically, he basically just sold them out to Ochi. Uh, now, they're able to escape, um, and they plan to leave on a yacht, but they are locked down. Now, I want to uh, now th- I want to just kind of mention here. This, I would say, starting from like here to when like Kaiza and Luke are fighting, big kind of a lot of that could have just been could have just been scrapped for me. Uh, like, it just just me personally, like, it's a lot of okay, we gotta run and and oh, that you know, we gotta escape from this one and that one. This the Anaximander character didn't need to be in the book. I feel like the mining colony stuff it was just it just it just it came and went for me. Um, 
I don't know. It just it just if there's everything any... about kind of the adventure, this this part of the adventure was just was just I don't know. It was just it felt like it didn't need to happen. If there's any chapters that I struggled reading more than Ochi of Bestune, it was Zargo and Axamander. Yeah, I I could I struggled to get through those chapters. I don't I could not care less. I, yeah. I just could I couldn't care less. That and that's not to say that he wouldn't be an interesting character at all ever in any story. But I completely agree with you. This part of the book feels very back and forth. Like the chase becomes mm-hmm. unfortunately like we catch up. We're so close. They escape again. We catch up. They're so close. They escape again. We catch up. Yeah. They're so close. They escape again. And it feels redundant and it keeps going yeah. and going. There are cool little moments that happen during that time. But overall, and that's why I think both of us, when we were talking about it last week, and I wasn't done, you were almost done. I was nowhere near done. Um, yeah. Is it felt like a little bit of slog. And I think it's this like big middle portion. Like this big second part of the book, like yeah. really slow, like just it's it's harder to get through. But, but between the back and forth of the chase, this night entire night side sequence, um, and then also just the writing that felt like it was overly, over overly explanatory. Um, so yeah, was, I I do yeah, agree with even, you. I do agree with even you. Even the parts even when when Kaiza and they're kind of having the. Not like a dog fight, but they're but it's kind of sort of a dog fight. Even that I thought was kind of it's like, OK, it, it just went on too long, you know, like they spent too long on certain things. Adam, Adam Christopher just it's like, OK, yes, this sequence is happening, but we have to move on to the next thing. So I thought that there was a little bit too much of that for me. Um, but. Um, but yeah, so Luke and Lando arrive. Um, uh, and Luke senses darkness um, when he's there, which is kind of a hint, um, hint of things to come. Uh, Lando is able to help help uh, the family escape. Um, so Ochi's droids arrive, looking for uh, Ray's family, and they, and they end up facing off against the Mylan colony forces. Um, which again, I'm just like, oh boy, it, it's just going through this. I'm like, oh, where are we going here? Uh, just for just again, just for me. Um, so Luke searches for the darkness, and uh, the Sith woman arrives. So Kaiser arrives, and then I kind of got plugged in again. I was like, okay, so what's going on? What's going to happen here? Uh, so she's wearing a mask, uh, which that's a whole other discussion. I'm sure we'll get to when we get to that that the reveals regarding the mask, um, which is the real source of darkness. And Luke can sense someone's presence uh, there in the mask controlling the woman. So she wields Darth Noctis's lightsaber, uh, which Lore and Luke had searched for. And he had discovered uh, the Acolytes of, of the Beyond, which is a fanatical splinter group, had housed some artifacts. So, so Zach, what were, you, what were your thoughts on, you know, since we we're mentioning the lightsaber, what did you think of Darth Noctis's lightsaber? And this just, I guess, this, this Sith Darth Noctis in general. Um, so they they uh, any give me any Sith any Force stuff eat it up one hundred percent love those stories I want more of that yep. because since the Empire took over and for the most part everything was a utilitarian you know fascist government there was mm-hmm. no Force stuff 
whatsoever. And then, you know, I, I want more of that. I've always wanted more of that. I love when we get mytho- mythology and lore and force and all of that. Um, so I, I, I really liked this moment. These were some of my favorite moments. In terms of how it all ties together into the book, I don't I don't love how Kaizo's story necessarily ties in together. It feels more like it was um, a, a way to set up things for a possible future, right? Like exploring what exists at this time and the Acolytes of the Beyond and then Luke's journey than it did actually like setting up a, a threat for the future, right? Like I think this is a one-off Kaiza and Viceroy Exum Panchard, who is um, the the owner of that was the owner of that mask, correct? That was Exum Panchard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Exum Panchard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I liked, I liked it a lot. Uh, the only thing I had trouble like visualizing in my mind was this scimitar-shaped lightsaber. Um, which because that's darkness, uh, Noctis's lightsaber. It's like a regular mm-hmm. hilt, and then it's like it's a curved lightsaber. Um, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Uh, cool. I feel like I needed to see it. I need to see a visual representation because that I was hard. Right. Like, how are you fighting with that? Like, that's that's crazy. But I did really <laughs> like this. I like that this I like this showdown at first because it's that whole push and pull before they real. you know, before they revealed it was Exum Panchard, Viceroy Exum Panchard. I thought because we didn't know who the mask belonged to yet. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. is that Palpatine? Like, is that Palpatine? We didn't know what the purpose oh, of Kaisa. We that. didn't know who she yeah. was yet. We didn't know. Because at, at this point, we just know that they were. she was serving out the wishes of the Sith Eternal. She was like yes. pulled between the Sith Eternal and Viceroy X and Panchard. And we didn't know exactly who was pulling her strings. And we didn't know it was X and Panchard at the beginning when we got that one point of view chapter. So I was like that presence that Luke is sensing. Cause he's like, I sense a second presence. I sense someone else. It's the mask. It's not. And I'm like, is that Palpatine? Is that how he's like sending people out using like artifacts with his, his spirit imbued and sending them out to complete tasks? Like, I think that would actually be really cool. I think that makes sense for somebody who wanted to help himself stay alive would be to like imbue himself into different artifacts and like wreak havoc on the, on the galaxy. Um, so I thought that was a possibility. Obviously that's not what happened. Um, but I did, I did, I did like the showdown. I liked Kaiza. We don't know her name is Kaiza yet, but I did like her. Um, I like the mention of the acolytes of the beyond. I completely forgot about them, um, from the aftermath trilogy. Um, so that was, that was actually really cool. Um, it's cool to see them come in because I think that's also a way to, that's also something that you could set up for future stories. Um, yes. right. Like, like other splinter cells. We know the acolytes of the beyond were involved with, you know, Kaiza became involved with the Sith eternal and I wouldn't be surprised if other acolytes became involved with the Sith eternal. And then maybe that they're not all on Exegol at the end of rise of Skywalker when that goes poof. So maybe that's something that can show up later as a threat. So I, I do like, I did like the inclusion here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm in agreement. I thought this was a very cool. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was cool. I, I liked uh, the Dark Noctis inclusion in in uh, Dark her lightsaber, which is like curved. Which I thought was like, wow, that's a crazy, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like that's really cool. And um, uh, so uh, so I thought, yeah, yeah, I was I was all in at this point in terms of. Kaiser's character and mystery surrounding that. Um, so an explosion rips the, the platform. It disrupts their showdown. 
Uh, Lando rescue, rescues Luke um, uh, before they take off to meet with uh, to meet with uh, Dathan's family. So Dathan and Mir Mir are forced uh, to flee, unable to wait for Luke and Lando, uh, but they are tracked. Um, uh, so Luke and Lando are able to track them, disposing of some of the bounty hunters that are after them. Um, but Dathan and Mir Mir end up leaving before they can make contact. Um, so Ochi needs more help or, uh, you know, bodies, I guess, you know, he just needs more people, more soldiers, which, you know, just, again, just Ochi is just insufferable, um, uh, <laughs> throughout this entire book. That's all he cares about. So the Sith Eternal, they send him to, which I don't even know how the Sith Eternal would have put up with him, but they send him to Bastacor where he meets, uh, Enric Pride, um, who, uh, provides him with men, um, yeah, I mean a lot. Which I mean, I, uh, which I guess is just like a like a corporation, like a corporate kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. I would, just, I would, I, I was tuned I out to that. that. I was tuned out to that as well. I'm just like this, like some kind of corporate <laughs> security, corporate, corporate like force, like security. I don't know, like army armed force. And I was just like, I, I just that's another just element that I was just like. I, I don't need this. Me. It lost me. I, it was nice to see Pride, right? Because that's another new character that was introduced in Rise of Skywalker. Um, and, you know, uh, in Rise yes, of Skywalker, yes. he's a Legion General Pride for the Sith Eternal. Mm-hmm. And he's right. called Steadfast here. And the Sith Eternal actually mm-hmm. recommends. So we know at this point, though, he doesn't say it out loud. He is a some kind of agent for the Sith Eternal. And he's in contact with them. So, like, he knows what's going to happen. He, though he doesn't say as much during his... um. You know, when he's talking and monologuing about how he hates everything and everyone in this this corporate security, whatever, uh, which, again, yeah. I don't know what the CSA thing was. It completely like I, I it went over my head or under my head because I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know because I was tuned out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I did like the meeting the pride thing. I think that's a, just another way where things should come together, which was nice. Yes. Uh, so Dathan considers getting ready to safety. Which I enjoyed that they're they're kind of setting the tea leaves for this um as well and and of course they have, they actually do that later on in the book, but I enjoyed that that we kind of see why with all this craziness going on that they're like we can't we you know Dathan starts thinking about okay, I don't know if Ray should be around all this um uh, so Luke and Lando call in a favor to Lena Graf, who sends them to the Star uh, Herald, uh, which they take to meet Komat on Pilar. And um, she... Real quick. Yes. Quick question. Lena Graf. Now, I forgot what the actual connections to the char- between the characters was in um, uh, to, star, to, to Luke in the book and before that. But the Graf family is the same family that we're also getting a like expanded upon in High Republic, correct? Same Graf family? That was in um 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 uh the second uh, Justina Ireland's young adult novel it, that we both not forgot out of the shadow, about. Right? Is that it? That's out of the shadows. Out of the shadows, yeah. Yeah, out of the shadows. yeah, yeah. Same graph? We assume it's the same graphs? Uh could be. I mean just again, this is just it's, a more question for me. I, I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I I'm I honestly am not sure. Um, oh, it is. It is correct. It yep. is. 
Yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. Okay. Catrionograph, Xylengraph, Xylengraphs, Mother Amina, and Xylengraph, and then Imperial Era, the graphs that have been shown so far. Okay. Just, just, I was just curious when I was reading, I'm like, is that the same graph? Hey, probably. It's never, nothing's ever by accident. Okay. Well, that, well, I'm glad there's more connections there, then. Yeah. Um, my apologies. Continue. No, no, by all means. Um, so, uh, so they end up meeting Komat, um, on Polar, who's a former acolyte of the Beyond. Um, I, I would say I, I, I moderate, I'd say I, I, I pretty much enjoyed Komat's character. I thought, I thought she, I thought she was a, a necessary character for, for the book because we needed someone with some more perspective on, on Kaiser's situation. What, what were your, what was your thought? What were your thoughts on Komat? Um, um, I liked Komat. I liked Komat in, in maybe what she, rep, like you said, in terms of what she represented to the rest of the characters in the book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think her story would have been, because really what we get of her story and her history is told through, like, just Luke talking about it. Um, yes. And I, so I think her, him turning her uh, away from the Acolytes and him um, and her also, like, changing when he changes her, because we find this out later, so spoiler for what we're going to talk about in the next 20 minutes or so. But, like, him turning her Kyber crystal back from red to now white. Um, yes. Which yeah. which signified a Kyber crystal being cleansed. I thought was really, really cool. Uh, and she uses it later at the end of the book. So I think that would have been a really cool thing to see. Um, for now, she just kind of like is a presence that's good and kind of settles the both of them, right? And in their struggles, because they're both kind of like on edge, especially Lando. So she's really influential on Lando, especially at the end of the book. Um, but I did, I did like her. I think she's a good, I, you know, I don't have too many thoughts on her because I don't think we got enough of her in terms of like her personality. Um, but I do like her story. I like the connection she has and, and she does, she ties it all together also. She does. She helps tie, tie everything together. Um, the tie everything together in this book. So I did enjoy her character as well. Um, so during Komat's time in the cult, she came across a high concept, uh, research project. That was housed on Scarif, which I love that they were housing more things on Scarif um, as well. So, of course, we know they had all those different projects that were on Scarif. Um, uh, With the ability to track any starship in the galaxy with the right data. So I thought that was interesting. Precursor Um, to what we know the First Order has um, in The Last Jedi. Yes. Yes. Yeah, actually, I didn't even make that connection. That's true. That's true. That's really cool. Um, uh, the woman Luke faced, uh, we then find out this woman is Kaiza, um, who's the former leader of the Acolytes and who is is supposed to be dead. Um, we find out as well, 15 years prior, she was used, uh, by the real head of the Acolytes, who was Yu Tashu, and who was an advisor to the emperor. Um, so... Just to read, read again, I love that connection um, uh, yeah. to Yuke Tishu and, and, and to the, you know, the aftermath interludes and all that. Um, he gave her the mask, uh, formerly uh, belonging to uh, to Viceroy X and Panchard. Um, and then uh, Kaiza uh, killed Tishu and then Komat fought her, but uh, but she got away. So 
Um, so we get some backstory with Kaiza um, here. She was supposed to be dead, you know, but, you know, she survived, of course. You know, a lot of uh, mystery there. Uh, so Mir Mir and Dathan make the decision to hide Ray on Jakku with Unkar Plutt. Uh, but first, they're going to steal Ochi's ship and make sure they aren't tracked. Um, and using the captain's medallion, they signal their location, uh, luring out Ochi. So they des- they decide they want to leave Ray on Jakku. Um, very sad, very very sad moment. I did get choked up. Um, you know, throughout the that that whole throughout that whole decision making process, and then the whole process in general. Sad. It's just a very sad moment. Um. Uh, but Zach, what were your thoughts on on that as well? I, it was that's that moment that kicks off the whole trilogy, really. Leaving mm-hmm. Ray on Jakku, and we get that. You know, we'll talk about it when we actually get there. But um, it's like it's the it's the big first one, right? It's the first uh, time we see how it ties in, why she was on Jakku, why she was with Uncar Plot. Um, I do. I this did it did every time we got like the parents thinking about having to leave her behind. Um, yeah. And just talking like, you know, how much they loved her and how much they wanted to keep her safe. So like you, it was like a choke up time. Almost every every single moment I was reading those those chapters. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's just it's a touching moment. Um, so. All right. So through the Sith Eternal uh, and her mask, Kaiza implanted droids. Uh, with uh, her kyber shards so these droids were drawn to luke to luke's and they attacked luke lando and komat on polar so they fought them off and now lando and komat or then lando and komat head to find the family while luke goes in search of kaiza um so that's kind of a whole sequence on polar um uh, with that fight and um, um, which I thought I thought I honestly thought that that probably could have been could have been um, reduced. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I thought that could have been reduced. It was a little, a little long. I think I I, I kind of got lost somewhere in the middle. I'm like, where are we? Are they still fighting? <laughs> it was just a little, um, and it could be worse. It, it could be worse in the audio version. To be fair, I'm I'm not I'm not certain. But some of those sequences just go kind of long. It's like I, I, I thought the same thing so, with the next sequence on Tall Provode, where right, it was like yeah. it went. The sequence went long. The fight, the the, yeah, the blaster yeah. sequence went long, and you're like, yeah. I kind of lost track a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, huh? So no, I I'm a, I'm with you. I think like a good 100 page of this book could have been. Yeah, definitely. Off, honestly, 100%. and that's not yeah, like that's not like to say anything about the writer or 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 anything. That should, no, I just feel yeah. like it was a little bit of a, just a little bit extra padding that wasn't necessary. Yeah, I agree. I, I 100% agree. Um, so Luke finds Kaiser's hideout and they face off. So she is too far gone under the Viceroy's control. Uh, Luke is unable to turn her back. She's, she's gone. And um, there is an explosion. And uh, she dies or, or or no, well, no. Yeah, she dies. And, and we'll get to, of course, what happens later on. But. Um, but, yeah, they had their fight. Um, I actually enjoyed their fight. 
Um, uh, to me, it seemed like, a, boy, this is a sequence I would have loved to have seen and not read or heard. But because, again, it's just Luke, you know, fighting in his prime. And it's just, you know, I want to see more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was just like, oh man, I wish I could see this. But it, but it was cool regardless. I loved it. Um, but what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the sequence? I like, I like the showdown. I think every time that they fought, it was a great moment. Like the the first standoff yeah. on um, Nightside, then this moment in in um, in her droid foundry, and then of course at the end of the book. Uh, I I th- I think it's great. I think, like I said, in terms of. Um, in terms of setting up Luke for failure in law in in the Force Awakens when he goes into hide uh, hiding on Octo, I think this is one of those first moments post Return of the Jedi where he feels powerless again, or like he can't yeah. he can't turn her, he can't mm-hmm. save her from. And I think I think I think you know I think that starts with. You know, going when he when he because he talks about it in the book, right? In Return of the Jedi, Luke feels a little bit of the dark side. He, he talks about it in this book a little bit, like that moment he had felt when he was angry, right, uh, against Darth Vader. Um, and yes. and he went off and he went off and he talks about it in this book. And then he saved him, right? And I I feel like there was this expectation when that happened that Luke felt like he had to. He had to save people. He had to do it. He, he had to do whatever he can. And that if he didn't, it felt like a failure. And here is one of the first ones, and it's not even his own family yet, which gets worse with Ben, but it's one of the first ones between all the visions he's having of Exegol, seeing that the Sith are back, so feeling already like, what do I do against this? And then this woman who he feels like he should be able to turn and save that the dark side is a choice, but not an irrevocable one. That's a direct quote from from the book. It's it, it shouldn't be an irre, irrevocable one. And he's unable to save her. That's like that first taste of failure that Luke, I feel, is is tasting. Um, I just was very redundant in my wording there, but it's that that first failure for him. So I think yeah. it was really important um for his character and start you know because we know in 12 years time he is a hermit cut off from the force right so there are a lot of stuff happens between now and and then um and this is the tip of the iceberg for it yep yep and like and so i i completely agree and i and i saw this i was viewing this the exact same way i'm like this is this is you know one of the first, if not the first kind of big um, failure for Luke, like he's unable and it kind of shows his him losing this fight with essentially the dark side, you know, and he's just like, no, he's he's not able to help her. You know, this 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 corruption is just too much. It's too strong. And there's nothing he can do. But but just leave <laughs> you know like there's nothing you can do and it was just really sad um but yeah i love that this was i, I just kind of love like what that represented um in that moment you know i like not a not a complete diversion but a, just a quick aside mm-hmm. like if you really think about it people who were upset that luke went into hiding or that he you know he was the only person with essentially the galaxy on his shoulders Literally one Jedi, 
he defeated Darth Vader, he defeated the Emperor, he saved his father, and then there's success, this expectation that he has to restore the Jedi Order and do everything from scratch. Can you imagine the amount of pressure this man felt on getting everything right? And when it yep. doesn't, and it goes horribly wrong, how much he must blame himself? Like, there's just, there's so yep. much pressure on him that that if you really sit to think about it and stories like this are expanding upon and filling in, it makes sense that he went into exile. It makes sense that he completely shut down, right? It's like when, we, you know, I, I like this contrast, right? In Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Like in the first episode, right? As he goes, I, you know, Obi-Wan's, I have a failure. I can't go rescue Leia. He tells Bail, you know, this was big. You know, this failure was huge. Look what happened. But I feel like there's so much history there that, right, obviously Bale snaps him out of it and he has someone to knock some sense into him, right? Um, but Obi-Wan oh. sees, like, has had an entire lifetime of experience of good things and bad things that he can kind of rest on his friends and his experience to pick himself back up. Luke doesn't have any of that. No one understands what he really is going through. No one has that experience. He doesn't have anyone to rely on for the through the Force and any any Jedi. So it, it's actually it, it makes a lot more sense the journey that he ends up on in the new tri in the sequel trilogy. I I just I thought it was as we're talking about it, it just hit me like it just makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean it, it really does. Um... And, but again, it just it also kind of um, and not to just kind of beat a dead horse, but it just kind of kind of brings me back to I want to see more of Luke's journey. Yeah, I would love to see more of this journey, like this whole book, this whole book. Just just it just makes me like just so hungry for more Luke Skywalker content. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's the, the vulnerable ugh. aspects too, right? Like the small stuff we yes. keep doing in tiny doses is awesome, right? We when we get to see him, you know, mow down those those droids in see Mandalorian season two, very cool. Mm -hmm. When we see him in Mandalorian season, when we see him in um, Book of Boba Fett Book episode Boba. six, yep. really cool. But like, there's no hint of the real journey there. They're just cameos. Like, I want to see the ups, the downs, the cool stuff, the bad stuff. I want to see all of it. I do want to see that. Yep. And I think we should have a different actor. But that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, but, a, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. But yeah, it's just, I'm right there with you, though. I mean, I just, I, I really want to see that journey. I really, really do. Uh, so... Uh, as Luke is leaving through the mask um, and his power, uh, Viceroy X Panchar takes control of Kaiza and goes in the hunt for Luke Skywalker, um, which is very dark side, very Sith. I loved it. I'm just like, this makes sense. I knew this wasn't over <laughs> um, when just the thing exploded and the thing fell on her. I'm like, no, that's not enough. This isn't over. Um, so on top her vote, uh, after successfully luring Ochi to the Imperial refueling station, aided by Lando and Comat, uh, Dathan and his family are able to escape, and Lando and Comat uh, are captured by Ochi. Uh, but Luke comes to their aid. Um, uh, so 
Ochi escapes. And as they are to leave, Luke and, and you know, of course, in company are attacked uh, by Vice Royce ex at Panchard, who has caught up to them. And Luke and Komat uh, 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 lead them to the moon of, uh, of uh, Topper Vode while Lando goes in search for the family. Uh, again, <laughs> so I'm telling things, you, like they, things it kind was, of it was everything a little too redundant. It gets, a little, it gets a little drawn out, you know. It, it, it really does. It was. It gets a little drawn out. It's just. It's just. There's just a, there's just a lot going on. And I'm just like, can we can we kind of wrap this up? Honestly, like I was a little, it was I was a little tired um, at this point, but. But you know things things continue on. So Luke and Colmat uh, defeat Viceroy X and Panchart one last time and destroy the mask. Um, uh, which I thought I thought that was a cool moment. Oh yeah. And with and with his death, Luke be Luke uh, believes that the Sith threat has passed and the disturbance in the Force is gone. Uh, so uh, so uh, date them and Mir and Mir Mir leave Ray on Jakku. In the care of Unkar Plutt, of course, giving us a famous scene of Ray um, screaming to come back. No, with, with Unkar Plutt holding her. I think just that a was sad moment. so powerful, though. Like, you yeah. you know, it's not the, I mean, we knew that they were going to probably, um, especially once the book started, that they were going to like revisit that famous scene, the one that she first sees in. Um, in her force vision when she touches Anakin's lightsaber in Force Awakens, which is an awesome scene. Like, that collection of scenes was sick. Um, and then, of course, that we see again in Rise of Skywalker. Um, I, I think they, they did a really good job of revisiting that, like, feeling very natural and organic to the whole story. Like, and it fits right in. And it was like, yeah, this is that moment. Like, I, I teared up a little bit when I, when I was, and I, I think back to that moment because it's so vivid in my memory where she's going, come back, no, being held by, and we see... Ochi's ship passed and she's being held back by Uncar Plutt. So I, I that was just a really good moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very, very emotional. Um you know it it, it just hits you. You know, it just hits you and because there's so much you spent so much of the sequel trilogy just wondering, you know, how did it get here? Like how did it get to what what what's happening here? And we get we get um, you know, we get basically get the answer right here in this moment. It was just, it was just very, very, uh, you know, it's very, very emotional, very impactful. Um, so Luke and Komat, um, uh, or actually, no, no, sorry, actually, no, sorry, we were already there. Um, so Ochi, uh, using his information from Pride is able to. Uh, track his ship that was stolen uh, by Dathan and Mirmir. He captures them as they are leaving Jakku, demanding the girl. Um, and you can kind of tell, just even just in this in this moment, you can tell you're just like, oh, they're not going to make it out of here. You can just you can just see it. You can you yeah. can feel it. They're not going to make they, this is it. This is the end of the road. They're not going to make it out of here. And he kills them both. Um, uh, but Mirmir made it seem like uh, he left Ray on Pasana. And Ochi travels to Pasana, and he ends up uh, dying, and he's claimed by the Forbidden Valley. Um, now, I 
Uh, so I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan of Ochi's death. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. <laughs> but Ochi was just getting on my nerves so much. I'm just like, at least, at least, at least make it so everyone knows he's dead. Like we know we're not. There, no one has to deal with this guy anymore. And it's like, no, he's still. I, but at the end of the book, when they're like, we gotta find Ochi. I'm just like, oh my god, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. He is actually dead. dead. But I wish he's everyone would know. Party and celebrate that he's dead. <laughs> was, I like oh. I like the way he went out. I didn't like OJ. I like the way he went out because it it fits the pathetic nature of the character. By it the did, end of though. the book, it yeah. so it definitely fits. It's totally in line with his character yes. throughout the entire book for sure. Um, even though it was anticlimactic, I think that was the purpose. Like yeah, he just walks right. the Forbidden Valley, completely consumed by his goal, and he just. He is, you know, taken by the elements. So I did like it. I actually, I actually enjoyed that. I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, you sucked. Please die. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So Ochi, Ochi got his in in the end, which you know, I kind, I, I, I kind of figured he would, but it was just, I don't know. He deserved I it just, too. After jettisoning, yeah. like we're gonna get to it right after he jettisoned Dathan and Miramir's bodies in a tr- like in a cargo sh- container out into the yeah, coldest in space. A container. And it's that's like, just like so. That's like dirty, man. Like that's not that's not cool. Yeah, he's just he's just he's the worst. He's 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 definitely. He wasn't on my list of like just people in Star Wars I can't stand, but now he's on that list. He, he wasn't now. before. Now he is. Now he, is he 100% now. is. New top this 10 version life. of OG is. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, so, uh, so he jettisoned their bodies, as you mentioned. Um, uh, uh, so uh, Lando uh, found the bodies. This is a sad moment. Um, and he joins up with Luke and Comat, and they lay, lay the bodies to rest. Neftali. Um, they they bring to the okay. to the planet Neftali. Okay, and they lay them to rest on Neftali. Um, uh, so they go their separate ways uh, to rest. Lando with Comat on Pilar, uh, where he learns to slow down. Luke returns to Ossus and his nephew uh, Ben in the academy, which I like that this, the interactions they had there as well. Um, and after a short while on, the, on a tip from Lando's friends, they head to Pisana where they find Ochi's abandoned ship. Uh, but they don't find him, which I was hoping they found him. But I they did not they found find a body him. Also, yeah. I was like, oh, just give him. I don't know why I leave it open. I don't know why I leave it open. I guess I don't Lando, know why. I don't They're remember. Find if Ri- I don't remember if Rise of Skywalker, Ochi, um, Lando knows or not. And maybe. I can't remember. I'll, so when I rewatch them this weekend, I'll I'll see. But I can't remember if in the Rise of Skywalker he knows that he's dead or not. So if he doesn't, so I get, I guess that Adam Christopher needs to play into however J.J. Abrams set up the story, so that you know that Lando was never it was never confirmed. So then the book couldn't confirm it either. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was I was really but I was really pulling for that. I was like, oh please just just something. Something something in the forest, something just to say, oh no, he's gone. You know. But yeah, it is what it is. Um so Luke does have kind of like that feeling like this is it. It's a dead a end. This is he a does. dead end. It's it's over. It's not over, but it's over. 
Yeah. Like this is a dead end. Nothing on Pasan is going to lead you to, 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 to Ray, to the girl. Yeah. Uh, Lando decides to stay on Pasan and watching over the ship and seeing if anyone ever comes for it. Which um, happens in Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. He also um, hasn't searched. I, I wrote Jeter here. It's not Jeter. <laughs> he also hasn't searched uh, the quadrant for that quadrant for his daughter. So. Um, ah, right. another reason for him to stay or just to yes. li- honestly plot convenience to line up with rise of Skywalker also. Yeah. Because there you that's go. <laughs> Cause that's ultimately um, what this book was doing. Yeah. But that concludes the book. So I thought, I thought, um, I just thought it was, it was a little long, honestly. Um, it was. Oh, yeah. It's not bad. It it has some very fantastic moments that you know some moments that hit me harder than most moments in in most of of the Star Wars books. But just but just as a whole, it it needed to be trimmed down for me a lot. They need to just get rid of a lot of the just a lot of the stuff from the mining colony and and. Uh, some of the stuff, some of the stuff with Comat, even some of it just it just could have trimmed that stuff down like a like a lot. I feel like this could have been this could have been maybe two thirds, maybe even a half of the size that it, it was. It didn't need to be this pages. long. No, it didn't. It did not need to be this long. It really didn't. And it, it just it just ended up. And that plus for me, plus, you know, Ochi and just him just just being just just being a jerk just to everyone literally everyone and abusing Dio whatever Dio it's just he was just so unlikable and he was in the book so much that I was just it was just it was just too much so it 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 dragged too much um there was too much Ochi not enough of like Ray's parents too I thought they could have expanded upon that a little bit more maybe give them more to do than just run maybe like maybe add another side plot, something. I feel like there could have been something else. Um, but I did love everything with Luke. I enjoyed basically everything with Lando too. Lando was great as well, and and um, everything involving the uh, Kaiza and the Sith and really, really, uh, really all of that I enjoyed. And the book, the beginning, I thought set everything up really well. Just the middle and the end, it just it, it it just got muddied up for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, first things first, I will say, uh, I would totally take a prequel to this prequel book, um, of Dathan escaping Exegol, finding Mirror Mirror, oh, yeah, on Hypercar, uh, yeah, starting that family. I think that would be yep. fantastic. Like building up the both of them. Uh, I it, all, and while also like completely setting up all of these strand cast elements and the cloning procedures because we can get a re- through Dathan's story yeah. we can get a really big deep dive. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that as well. What did you think about Dathan being a clone? I like so he's not like a clone clone, right? Like he's right. They call him a yeah, strand. He's not, yeah, he's not like a Kaminarin no clone I, or anything. They like also that. they also mentioned another Kaminarin. Uh, uh, there was another company uh, that they mentioned, by the way, for cloning. I thought that was really interesting. I think that's a, like a Legends connection. 
Um, yeah. But it's not one of those. It's a strand cast, which I still can't like wrap my mind around a strand cast. So I'll I'll try to pull that up. Um, but what I do like, yeah. what I do think is rich for like mining in terms of lore is a Dathan and Miramir prequel. Like one, let us get to know these characters that are, even though they don't show up, are very important to the trilogy. Right? Like they're massively important. Mm-hmm. They're important for Ray. They're important for the story, and they're important for Palpatine. Like, yes. they, like, like, can you imagine the first? The you know, can you imagine a book that's either presented whereas you know it's him having just escaped, and he's meeting Miramir, and through flashbacks every other episode we get like his life on Exegol, or something to that effect. Like that would be awesome. I think that does a great job. And then he's on Hypercar and trying to you know, outrun these forces that are searching for him. Like, that would be a really cool, like, it could lead into this book in a way. Um, I think that would be awesome. Uh, I'm, yeah, there's too I'm, much. Yeah, there's a lot there. And I think, he, I think it would go even farther in kind of making everything in Rise of Skywalker more palatable, right? Like, it, it, that is... Um, it, that was the purpose of this book, right? Not just to, Star Wars is always about retroactive storytelling, right? It's always about that's we had the sequel, we had the original trilogy before the prequel trilogy. We got the prequel trilogy, which contextualized a lot of what was in the original trilogy, and that happens with all of the books. Literally, nearly not lit, all of the books that have been released before, like outside of the High Republic, all of them are released, and they don't take place after what we've seen. They almost always take place during or before what we've seen and recontextualize what we've seen. So Star Wars has always been retroactive storytelling. And that's why I'm okay with books like this, even though some even though with this, it felt like a little too late. Now, we, we you know, it's it's three years later. Um, but a Dathan story would go a long way of recontextualizing and making us more OK with those Palpatine elements. Now, Shadow of the Sith itself I I like like you. I loved the first bit. It got me super excited. When I say I was excited to read the book when I first started, I was excited because these were elements yep. I wanted to see. The connections to all types of canon, not just Rise of Skywalker. All the characters we were getting, I, I thought Lando and Luke felt perfect for their characters. They felt like felt like them. They were so well written. Um I'm with you, though, on that the middle becomes not the ending as much for me, but the ending feels like less of a, I guess, like a big gut punch because it kind of happens in pieces and it's very redundant in that, like, we go back and forth, back and forth. The chase, catch up, get away, catch up, get away, catch up, get away. Uh, So it it becomes a little bit of a slog to read through. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway from the book. Not the biggest takeaway, I shouldn't say that. That's my biggest complaint about the book. My biggest negative. Because the actual stuff that does happen, right, the actual big moments, the actual, like, the actual Star Wars history moments that do happen are great, right? Like, trim some of this book, and it's one of the best books, best Star Wars books we've gotten outside of High Republic in the last few years, if you trim it. And it does, and it does, and it would do a great job, right? Like, would you not feel so much better about how it ties into Rise of Skywalker if you also enjoyed the book more? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So I think that's its biggest fault is the it feels like a slog. But the stuff that they do that Adam Christopher does to kind of put everything in perspective and take all these new elements that Chris Terrio and JJ Abrams, you know, abruptly in, you know, injected in Rise of Skywalker and introduced. 
I think he does a well enough job that for me, at least I know earlier you said no, but for me, I am interested to go back to to the whole trilogy and see how it lines up, not just with Rise of Skywalker, but also with Force Awakens um, and to see how it all goes together like that. And I want to read Rise of Kylo Ren again. Um, so that's that's my final thoughts. If I had to score it, as I figured that's what you're going to ask me next. We always do that for the books. Yes. Um, I'd probably give it um, between a 7 and a 7.5. Um, like when it hits, it hits at a 9. When it hits, it hits at a 9. Yeah. Great, great Star Wars moments. But it slogs a lot at certain points that I just, it was harder for me to get through. So it's, it's I'd say 7.5. Let me put that more definitively. Okay. Um, geez, where would I put the? Where would I read this? I mean, I, honestly, I'd probably give it a seven. Um, okay. I, I figured that's where you were going to go with it. Yeah, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. It's not. It's not a bad book. You know, it's not. It's. It's like you said. The things that are done well are done really well. Like when it hits you, it's like, oh man. Parts that get you excited, you're like, oh my god, I feel like I'm strapped in the roller coaster. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, but but the other parts where you just like, like you're on a mine. When, when you say mining colony, and I just I go to sleep. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, like what? <laughs> you know, just like the movie, the, like the uh, I'm calling it a movie. The book, it just like, just it's like it just it's slamming on the brakes. It's like, and now we're just crawling, and it's like, oh, okay. right, yeah. so. So, all right, so we can meet this person and okay, so when are we going to, you know, it's just, it's just a means to get to the next part. And it's just, it takes too long. So, you know, and Ochi just drove me crazy. So those, those things just, it didn't, it just didn't, uh, those things didn't hit for me, but, but it's not, it's not bad. There are parts of it. I love, I love Luke. It just, I want more Luke. So it's for me, it gets a seven out of 10. Um, I was, I was hoping to like it a little more. But it was, um, but it did have those things going against it, unfortunately, for me. Um, Real quick. quick. Yeah. Strand casts, this is pulled from Wikipedia. So here are what strand casts actually are. Strand casts were genetically engineered life forms, a type of clone specimen that was an artificial genetic construct. This is taken straight from Wikipedia. They were created through a version of the cloning process called strand casting by adding the genes of other specimens. To a base template, the original host's genetic code was significantly altered to produce not quite identical modified clones, otherwise known as strandcasts. Despite their origins, strandcasts were still capable of exercising free will. Strandcasting was known to cause various genetic flaws, producing defective and unhealthy specimens. Consequently, it had a high mortality rate, with nearly all of Darth Sidious's modified clones failing to survive the cloning process. A significant flaw in the genetic technology was that using the base template of a Force-sensitive did not necessarily or automatically ensure that the resulting strand cast would inherit its progenitor's connection to the Force. Nevertheless, it was possible to deliberately create a strand cast who possessed strong Force powers. A strand cast could also be replicated to create multiple genetic copies. Huh. Huh. Is right. So, two things. Dathan's a strand cast. Snoke was also a strand cast. Um, one that was who possessed a powerful connection to the Force. Uh, I have an interesting. Doesn't this 
Okay, so I it feels very midichlorian-y. Like midichlorians are found in your blood and can be measured. Feels very like sciency genetics, and thus your if you're a force user and you clone yourself, and that's why the clone gets force sensitive nature. I don't know. That just it feels like to me. Just that's a quick aside. Has nothing to do with this book. Just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. That is that is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, and I am glad that that you mentioned that. I'm going to end up doing a whole lot more research on that. <laughs> um. But yeah, honestly, I loved it. I loved. Um, I like that that oh. Dayton's a clone. It also just explains. Uh, I think it helps to explain Palpatine having a child in general because I'm trying to wrap my head around him having any kind of love interest. I'm just like that doesn't. When we heard that in Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> it, just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Because there was no, there was literally. <laughs> That when we hear he's, you know, Ray is my grandchild. And you're like, my granddaughter. What are you talking about? What do you mean your granddaughter? Who did, who, who got with you, my dude? At what point? When? I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. And so finding the strength cast and the cloning stuff and then giving Dathan an actual like personality in person really works. It works. Uh, like it works wonders. really well. Yeah, it works really well. It works much better than because I'm gonna be honest. It was a minor. It was a very minor thing, but I was just like, "Geez, who? What? Who yeah, was no, with Palpatine? Like, when did that happen? Oh, Why is God. that a thing that happened that can be explained ever? Like, what? But this is much better. This makes it oh, doesn't even yeah. match with Palpatine's character. Why would he ever be with anybody? You know, but no. this makes so much more than it's like yes palpatine would a thousand percent do this and so yeah that was so i thought that was a good explanation um uh but all right i think that's a good a good place to end end the show so we finally got through shadow of the sith i apologize to everyone for taking so long but um we did get through it um of course thank everyone for listening we will be going through Padawan as well, um, which I'm going through now and it is much, is a much uh, for me a much easier kind of a much easier experience. It's way shorter. Way, way shorter. I mean that one. Um, very, very easy to get through. Um, so, so that should be fun as well. And um, yeah, Zach, any, any, anything else before, before we wrap up? No, nothing else. Yeah, we have Padawan coming up. Um, that probably in a few weeks though, because like I'm going away, so we're not gonna have like okay, an episode yeah. for a few more weeks. Um, but definitely when I'm back, I I plan on taking Padawan with me when I'm gone. So um, definitely oh, Padawan nice. when I'm back, and then Princess and the Scoundrel. I want to get to, and then before we know it, we'll have Andor. We'll have Andor, and then after Andor, we'll have more High Republic. Oh my god, that's well. right. So oh we're going to be busy soon. Beginning of September and uh, is going to be we're we're going to have uh, quite a few back-to-back episodes for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's going to be a lot going on. So that'll be fun. Um all right, that'll do it for this show. Um uh I know you guys can find me on on um 
uh, on my my actually at my other Star Wars show that I do with my younger brother called the Imperial Broadcast, um, which is on um, our podcast network, the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube at New Generation Media. That's NU Generation Media. Um, and Zach, do you, have, do you have any plugs anywhere you, you want the people to find you? No plugs. This is this is where I'm at all the time. All right. So you can find Zach right here on this show. Um, uh, and thank you all so much for listening, as always. Um, and we will uh, talk to you guys uh, soon and see you on the next one.